You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12s and Ram Nation. It is time for Crossover Thursday. I'm Corbin Smith from Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for what feels like the millionth time over the last calendar year, Sosa Kremenges of Locked On Rams. Seahawks and Rams' latest chapter in their rivalry coming up on Thursday night football. Rams coming off a tough loss to the Cardinals. The Seahawks finally getting back in the win column after two very disappointing losses to the Titans and the Vikings. Sosa, I'm really looking forward to this. I know that you've had this date circled. I've had this date circled. Anybody with links to the Rams and Seahawks with the way that last year unfolded, three matchups, the trash talking between these two teams, just the bad blood. This has been the date everybody from Jamal Adams to us has been waiting for. Yeah, and that's one of the key storylines here for the Rams, especially. I mean, we're all back from Cabo. There's no more people vacationing anymore. This is the season now. Um, the game's obviously got a little bit of a weird twist now with Thursday night football and you know a little bit of a short week for both teams, a divisional game where, like you mentioned, the Seahawks are coming in on a high right now, the Rams with their first loss this season. So we're going to have to see really how this team goes about responding to their first loss. I mean, they're still kind of in this limbo space with quarterback Matthew Stafford where the Rams don't play anybody in the preseason. You're still seeing a lot of this lack of chemistry come up, especially in this past game in week four against the Cardinals, where, I mean, the Rams could have had a much more productive offensive performance, but you look at all the miscommunications from the quarterback to technically his new receivers still. I mean, these guys are still trying to get the timing down, all these different kinks. They're still trying to work out. So I feel like the Rams kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit last week. And uh, ultimately, you still have to give credit to the Cardinals. I mean, they nearly scored 40 points. They definitely deserve to win that game. There's no question about that. Now the question is, how can this team respond? I mean, we've seen it with Sean McVeigh, of course, and formerly Jared Goff. But now a new quarterback in Matthew Stafford. The Rams are obviously going on the road here to Lumen Field. I was going to say CenturyLink. It's still in the back <laughs> of my head. And I mean, I apparently, according to Adam Schefter, it's going to be a bit of a chilly night. So you know, the Rams may not be all that used to that kind of environment and uh, climate there. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the Rams are obviously going to want to get back in the win column here, but uh, we're talking about two teams that know each other very well. And I think on your side of this right now, um, there's really going to be no surprises, right? The Seahawks, of course, have a few changes. And, and, you know, you look at some of the guys like Gerald Everett, who used to play for the Rams, is now in the Seahawks. And I'm not really sure if he's going to be back this week. But uh, when you look at your side of the spectrum here, um, what are you kind of expecting as one of the major storylines entering this game? Well, you mentioned the miscommunication issues on offense for the Rams. I, I want to go to the defensive side of the football for the Seahawks because that has been the biggest issue for them, which it's weird because they have the same defensive coordinator in Ken Norton Jr. And really, it's Pete Carroll's defense. So the same guy that's been running the defense since 2010. They had a few changes on that side of the football. Daryl Taylor's playing a lot of snaps now. They don't have K.J. Wright, which I'm still baffled why that decision was made, but I understand some of the reasons behind it. But this is a defense that has mostly the same guys that were there the second half last year when they really turned things around, and yet you go back and you watch the Titans and Vikings games, those abysmal performances in the second half where they couldn't stop the run, they couldn't stop the pass, and a lot of it had to do with broken coverages, missed assignments, that's inexcusable for a defense that has the veteran talent and guys that have played together 
like the Seahawks have. It felt like last week the unit played a lot better against the 49ers, albeit against two quarterbacks, one that I don't think highly of in Jimmy Garoppolo and one in Trey Lance that I think could be a very good player, but he is a very raw prospect that doesn't look like he's quite ready for prime time, so to speak, under center. So you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt going against that 49ers offense. But they still had a couple of really bad busted coverages that fell on cornerback Sidney Jones. It was the first start with a team. He's still learning the defense. And so you've got that. And then the other side of the spectrum, you've got Shane Waldron still trying to find his way in his first offensive coordinator job. And when he's been on, this offense has been phenomenal. When he's gotten away from some of the things that are a staple with his offense and Russell Wilson hasn't been quite right and the offensive line has had some issues, they've gone one or two quarters at a time where they haven't been able to score points. And then they'll turn around and score 20 points in a quarter. Like they have just been truly Jekyll and Hyde. Most of this year it's been, we're going to be amazing first half, then we can't do anything after halftime. Last week they flipped the script. So communication seems like it's a big issue for both teams. Yeah, I mean, I think still trying to work those kinks out, right? There's always changes throughout the offseason. And one of the things for the Rams, and you talk about changes, the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you look at Raheem Morris, a new defensive coordinator there, taking over for Brandon Staley, who's obviously doing an incredible job in Los Angeles. But for the other team, um, this defense does not look nearly the same. I, I mean, in terms of schematically, they're playing a little bit more single high safety, not as much cover two, cover four type of variations. And not just that, but stylistically and statistically. I mean, they just aren't as good as they were last year, which is always weird when you have guys like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Darius Williams, all these returning players, though the Rams obviously underwent a few losses on that side of the ball as well. You talk about guys like John Johnson, who departed in free agency, a borderline elite safety in the NFL. So I still feel like the Rams are trying to get their feet under them on that side of the ball. Been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde, like you also mentioned there for the Seahawks too, where they have a little bit better performances certain weeks, like against the Bears, maybe not a very high-powered offense. And then you go into this game this past week against Kyler Murray, who's probably the MVP of the league right now, and um, they couldn't stop them to save their life. So definitely a huge concern for the Rams. And I think that's one of the big areas here to look at is, you know, you look at how Kyler Murray plays football, how Russell Wilson plays football. These guys look really similar, right? Not just in the way that they're short guys, but they can extend plays. They can make you pay when they leave the pocket. And I think that has to be a huge area of concern for the Rams here. Now, I definitely want to ask you, because I saw you talk about it on Twitter as well, the running back situation. What's it looking like for Chris Carson as well as the remaining names there? Yeah, that really is a big storyline going to this game because from what my understanding was, Chris Carson, you know, they just had him listed as a neck injury. He didn't practice on Tuesday or Wednesday, but then Pete Carroll told reporters yesterday that this has been kind of a long-term issue that he has dealt with on and off, and it flared up on him this week. And so I think a lot of fans have been in panic mode about that, like, oh my God, this is a chronic situation. But we've seen guys that have back and neck issues that are like that, that, that flare up, that aren't necessarily, you know, like career-threatening injuries. And unfortunately, it has flared up this week. And so they're still listing him as a game day uh, designation questionable. I would be very surprised if he plays with it being on short rest. I think it's going to be Alex Collins' season. They also will be without D. Eskridge, who is still trying to recover from a very bad concussion. He's now going to miss his fourth consecutive game. That's been a bit of a bummer because he looked really good in the season opener. But otherwise, this, this is a pretty healthy football team. But those are two big losses, especially Chris Carson, with how well he's played against the Rams in the past. And 
the Rams on the flip side uh, look pretty healthy going to this game. Yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, it's been pretty good for the Rams in terms of the injury outlook. Of course, you know, they've lost some players throughout their offseason, especially you look at guys like Cam Akers, for example, and players yeah. like that. But, you know, in terms of this past week, I think everything looks pretty good for the Rams. They're going to be pretty much all systems go. There's a couple of players that were a little bit questionable. You had guys like Daryl Henderson, Leonard Floyd's popped up on the injury report a little bit, but according to head coach Sean McVay, everybody's going to be good to go in this one. So the Rams are pretty much going to be at full strength in, in this game. And um, it's always tough, right? You look at these Thursday night games, a lot of injuries always come up in these ones. I don't know if it has anything to do with that short week or not, but um, the good news is after this game, these guys typically get about nine or 10 days rest. So if you can get out of this one a little bit healthy, uh, I think both teams feel pretty good about where they're at in terms of the injury outlook, knowing that you get that mini bye week after this Thursday night game. This episode is brought your way by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Okay, so so let's get to the matchups here. And obviously, I, I don't know if you do this on your show, but Rob Rang and I really dive into a bunch of specific matchups early in game day week. But there's always that one or two, those one or two matchups that really concern you when you're looking at your team. So let's start from your perspective when the Rams are on defense. What is the most concerning matchup against this Seahawks offense that you and I both know has a lot of firepower. They have been inconsistent this year, but they have a lot of really good athletes that can make big plays. And of course, number three, orchestrating Shane Waldron's offense. What concerns you the most from a Rams perspective on defense? Yeah, I think this might be a bit of a boring answer, but it's got to be number three. I mean, Russell Wilson, this guy is just genuinely different when it comes to extending plays and pushing the ball downfield. I think that's the number one fear here, at least from my end of the spectrum, is you never feel like the game is truly over when Russell Wilson is on the other side of the field or on the other sidelines because you know this guy has those magic moments where whether you're up 14 or 21, there's always a chance he's going to claw his way back into a game and find a way to make it a game, if not actually seal the win. So not just necessarily, you know, those magic moments, but I'm really concerned about that mobility back there because you look back to this past game, the Rams really struggled with Kyler Murray. I mean, they only had 14 total pressures, according to Pro Football Focus in that game, and they didn't really sack him at all. There was only one sack, I think, and it was waved off due to a face mask penalty by Leonard Floyd. So sack turns into a first down and 15 free yards, not exactly the outcome you want when you sack a quarterback. And not only did they allow him to run around a lot, but he was moving the chains on third and 16 with his legs. I mean, that's an absolute backbreaker for a defense. Anytime you get in that kind of a situation, you're expecting to be off the field next play as opposed to continuing a drive, which ultimately they do allow you know, the Cardinals to score on as well. So a lot of big plays on that side of the ball. 
And I think that's just the most concerning part is Russell Wilson plays a similar brand of football. He's going to push the ball vertically. And David Long Jr. was a cornerback who really struggled for the Rams last week to the point where Raheem Morris just a few days ago in his press conference was talking about potentially replacing him with fourth round rookie Robert Rochelle in the starting lineup to the point you know, where you don't really see the Rams give up big plays on the defensive side of the ball, except for last week. And I think this is a trend that they're definitely going to want to try to stop. Um, but that does allow the Seahawks to potentially have a little bit more underneath because the Rams are going to prioritize that stuff over the top. And anytime you have less or fewer defenders down, you know, near the line of scrimmage, of course, things kind of open up for that side of the ball for the Seahawks on offense. But um, I think it has to start with Russell Wilson, even though that's kind of a boring answer. Now, I want to kick it over to you and hear what you have in terms of one of these matchups to watch for the Rams and the Seahawks? Yeah, I'm going to have a boring answer too because 99, Aaron Donald, we know that he has been a game wrecker in this series. 15 career games against the Seahawks, 15 sacks, 40 quarterback hits. I keep saying this over and over again, but it's true. I mean, has there been anyone else that has been that close and personal with Russell Wilson aside from Sierra? I mean, Aaron Donald has lived <laughs> – in the backfield against the Seahawks, and he's done it every single game, and he's got some friends up there. Leonard Floyd had a lot of success last year getting after Russell Wilson as well. So uh, to me, it starts with number 99, but just that pass rush in general, I do think Russell Wilson, he hasn't wanted to run the ball. That's not something he has been super excited about doing this year. But last week against the 49ers, his 16-yard touchdown run that he had – I thought it was watching 2013 Russell Wilson. I have not seen him move that well in a long time. So when he's had chances to scramble and use his legs, he has been dangerous. Just hasn't really done a lot of it because he prefers to be a pocket passer and he'll move around to put himself in position to throw the football, but not really that run heavy quarterback that he might've been at one point. He can still do it when he needs to, but, uh, that front line for the Rams and Aaron Donald in particular, hoping that Gabe Jackson can be the guy they thought he was when they brought him over the Raiders and that he can hold his own. Damian Lewis has played against him now several times. It all starts and ends with number 99, who just has that rare ability. You just don't see a lot of defensive tackles that can do this, Just that can just completely take over games. Aaron Donald does that as well as any defensive tackle that has ever played the game. And once they're getting pressure with guys like Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams, who is Russell Wilson's kryptonite, those guys then can make plays on the football, and it really takes this offense out of rhythm. So uh, to me, it's all about number 99. Now let's flip gears when the Rams are on offense, and it's funny. I've had this discussion with a few other teams on crossover specials, and they've kind of had a tough time at times saying, well, I'm not sure what I'm concerned about with the Seahawks defense, but they are coming off of a better game and they do have some star power on that side of the ball. Which player worries you the most from a Rams perspective looking at the Seahawks defense? Yeah, I think, you know, initially my mind kind of went to Jamal Adams, but the one guy, I mean, that everyone's always concerned about, you're looking at Bobby Wagner at that middle linebacker spot, the commander of the defense, uh, the best linebacker in football still for my money. This guy is obviously special and different. And you talked about it in the first segment. I was kind of wondering how this defense sort of looks without KJ Wright, his running mate, who we've seen, you know, these guys paired together for such a long time, arguably the best one-two punch at that position for so long. So, Kind of interested to see how that's going to work out there because you look at the Rams. I mean, they've been pretty successful on the offensive side of the ball. I would say one of the better offenses in football. And the one thing that they maybe have on, you know, above a lot of other offenses is 
they don't necessarily have to rely on just one player, even though Cooper Cup's sort of been that go-to guy and, you know, ranks in the top three in receiving yards, targets, all these different statistics. They've been able to sort of share the wealth. And that's kind of the intrigue with this offense is, you know, if the Seahawks have a matchup that they like, maybe Jamal Adams covering a tight end or something, or Bobby Wagner covering somebody, the Rams don't necessarily have to push the ball in that direction. I think they can feel good about knowing that they have players like Robert Woods, who hasn't done much this season, or a guy like Deshaun Jackson, who we've seen a lot of big plays already from, um, even a lot of missed big plays where he's still getting open down the field. So, you know, that's one thing that I think on the defensive side of the ball for the Seahawks there. And then the other one I think is that defensive line. I think they've been one of the better parts of that unit. Um, the one thing, though, that is interesting is because the offensive line for the Rams have arguably been the best unit on the team. They've been as solid as they've ever been. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I think has only been sacked a handful of times on this season. The fewest sacks allowed. Yeah. Three sacks. There you go. Uh, the fewest sacks allowed, I think by any offensive line this season, which is obviously a huge feat. And I think Stafford sort of helps them with his quick processing and getting rid of the ball quickly. But um, this interesting battle here, I think is going to be fascinating because you look at that Seahawks defense, they haven't ranked great in terms of the statistics, but anything can happen in these divisional games. I think, you know, when you look at a lot of the divisional games across the board, those are sort of the spinoffs where you just really don't know anything. You kind of go into this game thinking you know something, but you always come out of it on the other end, not really knowing what's going to happen. So I'll kick it back to you here. We'll share our last matchup to watch. Uh, is there anything in general that you have circled, um, whether it's a Seahawks defense or offense in this matchup here? Looking at the Rams' offense, I could easily go with another boring answer here and say Cooper Cup going against Seattle's much-criticized cornerbacks with the numbers he's putting up, and obviously he is still going to be a major problem that the Seahawks have to deal with. But I'm actually a bit concerned about Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell, who hasn't really done much in regular season, but the fact that the Rams now have those burners on the roster – there's going to be so much prioritization on defense for the Seahawks, especially against a play-action game, because Robert Woods and Cooper Cup have killed them in the past, trying to take away those crossing routes and stuff. Even as well as Quandre Diggs has played at free safety, he knows Matthew Stafford really well. That may be an advantage for him. But still worry about one of those guys springing free against coverage, especially with the bust that they have had this year uh, throughout the season. Really worried about one of those guys that they haven't necessarily had on offense the last couple of years and really take the top of the defense. They have two of them now. And so that's my biggest concern from this Rams offense, especially now that they got a quarterback that can push the ball downfield, unlike Jared Goff. If one of those guys gets back there, the Seahawks are going to be in big trouble. So that is definitely my biggest concern when Seattle's on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to be full strength rushing the passers. So I think that they can give that Rams offensive line some fits. I think the run defense has been better than what the numbers indicate. They've gotten smashed by a couple big runs that have really altered the way the numbers look. But uh, really those speedy guys that can really win downfield, take the top off the defense is something they haven't had to worry about as much with this Rams offense. But now there's two of those guys. That is something that I think could be a problem for the Seahawks in this game. And I think the Rams are going to game plan accordingly. Yeah, like you mentioned, the Rams haven't had many deep threats over the past few years. Now it kind of feels a little bit more balanced. Two offenses that uh, are going to look similar stylistically with that coaching tree uh, from Sean McVay to Shane Waldron. And now two teams that are both willing to push the football downfield. And if you guys do like to bet, I personally do. I don't know if Corbin does. You guys can go 
to betonline.ag for one of our sponsors on this episode here. These people will take care of you for all your pro and college football action this season. They got everything you can imagine, all the latest updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 Survivor Contest, which are both open now at BetOnline. Be sure to take advantage. All you have to do is head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing to horse racing. Don't wait. Make sure to take advantage right now while all the offers are still available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Corbin, we can dive into the final segment here. Um, and this might be the one that everyone's always waiting for. They always want to know the prediction. What's going to happen in this game? Um, what's going to be the scoreline? And I think it's really anyone's guess, right? You look at these two teams. They are evenly matched. I think you're looking at two very good offenses and two teams that have went back and forth over the last few years. Uh, you look back to last year, the Rams, I guess, kind of came out on top to finish out the season there in the uh, wild card round of the playoffs. The Rams kind of escaped with a win, but you're looking at two teams that I think obviously know each other very well. There's no surprises here. Uh, at this point, it's really just execution. I feel like you're not really going to out-scheme each other that much, and it's really just going to come down to who's going to execute, who's going to be more prepared on this short week. And of course, the Seahawks do have the advantage at playing at home and not really having to travel, not deal with that kind of stuff. And having the fans, I think it's going to be great compared to last year where you don't have any fans. And so we know that's one of the biggest advantages of playing in Seattle. I'll kick it to you first. Um, when you look at this game, is there anything in general that you think might sway the favor in terms of maybe the Rams, maybe the Seahawks? And ultimately, what might that prediction be for this one? It, and it's going to sound boring. We've used that word a lot, but, you know, football is – it's a complicated game, but it's also an elementary game in a lot of ways. And when you look at what the Seahawks have done in the first four weeks of the season, as I mentioned early in the episode, they've just been so up and down on offense. And when they've been hot, they've been near unstoppable. When they have been off and they've gotten off schedule – they can go five drives and get negative seven yards like they did to open the game against San Francisco. I mean, they've just been so hot and cold. And I think the biggest problem has been the third down inefficiency. And the fact that they're having more than 50% of their third downs or seven plus yards has certainly not helped the situation. This is a Rams defense that, oddly enough, last year they were so good against third downs. This year, they're near the bottom of the league around a 50% conversion rate for opponents. This is the game the Seahawks can get right there. They can't expect that they are going to win downfield a bunch of different times. I do think that they will have a few shot plays available to them, and they can't be fearful of Jalen Ramsey because DK Metcalf is one of the few guys I think can win some matchups there. But they have got to be able to sustain drives, and that's been something that they have not been able to do consistently. They've really lived and died by explosive plays, a lot like they did end of last year when the offense was struggling a little bit. They've gotten those big plays, but to win this game, they're going to have to be able to get some of that short, quick, intermediate passing game going. The run game with Alex Collins or if Chris Carson have to be able to keep the defense honest. That's one way you can negate Aaron Donald a little bit. So I really think a lot of this boils down to third down efficiency on both sides of the ball. The Seahawks were better on third down last week against the 49ers than they were the first couple games of the year if they're able to do that in this game they're able to get the Rams off the field not a lot of long possessions and the offense is able to sustain some drives then I think they've got a real chance to win this football game but based on what we've seen the first four weeks that's a big if on both sides of the ball 
Yeah, this is going to be a good matchup. I mean, I think the Rams feel pretty decent about their chances here when you look at uh, the Seahawks offense. I think we're expecting maybe some fireworks. Uh, me personally, I'm kind of expecting this to be not necessarily a shootout, but I do think both teams are going to probably cross that uh, 30 point threshold. So kind of feels like to me, one of those games where whoever has the ball last or whoever converts those red zone trips, not to three points, but to seven points is going to make the difference in this contest. I think when you look at some of the stats here uh, for the Rams offense, right, they've been one of the best offenses in football. They've won in a variety of ways, whether that's in the short game to screens, you see guys like Tyler Higby feasting on those kind of things or downfield. Like you mentioned earlier, you see guys like Deshaun Jackson now making a a uh, legitimate threat downfield in this offense. I think you look at the numbers here, sorry, for the Seahawks. Passing yards per attempt allowed, 7.92. That's 23rd in the NFL. Uh, you look at the explosive pass percentage, 17.1% of those passes were considered explosives, which is 15-plus yards downfield. That's 24th in the NFL. So, you know, I think the Rams feel pretty good about that offense in terms of going against this secondary, the corners in specific, probably not the best unit that they've ever fielded. And of course, the Rams have guys like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, and another name that's really stood out this season, uh, Van Jefferson. He has more receiving yards than Robert Woods, over 50 yards more. So um, it's kind of surprising, I think, for most people. But I think the Rams feel pretty good about that side of the ball. The other side of the ball is what I'm genuinely concerned about, I think, uh, the Seahawks have just been a little bit too explosive on that side of the ball. You always know Russell Wilson's going to bring it, whether it's his best day or his worst day at the office. Uh, you talk about guys like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I genuinely think they will find a way to have a strong offensive performance. Uh, for me in this one, had the Rams won last week, I probably would have guessed uh, and predicted they, that they lose this week. But coming off that loss last week, I just think there's going to be a different sense of urgency in this one. I think they're going to be really pressed to try and win this game, obviously, and go into that mini week or mini bye week here and get that 10 days rest. Because after this game, the Rams, their schedule considerably easier. I mean, you're talking about a lot less uh, tough teams than they faced it, uh, throughout these first four games. So I'm going to shoot over a score prediction. I'm going to say 34-31 in this game for the Rams. Um, but like I mentioned, I genuinely think this is going to be one of those shootout style games where you're looking at two teams that are both going to cross that 30-point threshold course i've been wrong before i thought the rams would win last week and that didn't happen so uh that's gonna do it for this episode another crossover thursday while you guys are listening to this the game will basically be uh the same day so hopefully you guys enjoy this game make sure to continue checking back in for your first daily listen here at the locked on seahawks and locked on rams podcast i'm sosa kermanjas joined by corbin smith enjoy this game we'll see you guys on friday's episode when we recap these performances for these two teams